This is Photo Biz X, episode number 457, and I am super pumped to bring this interview to you today. You'll be hearing from a photographer that was in deep financial trouble. She was focusing on wedding photography, is super talented, has incredible clients, but she had to do something to keep the business afloat. She made the transition to portrait photography and recently had a record month of $174,000. This really is a success story, but there is so many takeaways that you'll be able to implement into your business as a result of what this guest shares. I'm talking about Jennifer Lindbergh and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. This is going to be a fun one with Jen coming up in just a minute. A couple of quick things before we get to that interview. In the introduction of the actual interview, I reference a homepage on Jennifer's website and in particular, an image on that homepage. Well, that has since been updated. So when you go to her website, it will look a little different, but you will still get the idea that I got when you land there about luxury and wealth and well-to-do clients. Now, interestingly, you'll hear in the interview that these aren't necessarily her main clients. I think you're going to find this one fascinating, but I just wanted to give you that heads up about that homepage image. In addition to that, you'll also hear Jennifer referencing a book project. And I wanted to give you a reminder about the upcoming Profitable Book Projects course being presented by Katie Collenberg and hosted by me. Coming up next month, you'll hear from Jen and you may have heard from other photographers in the past that book projects are an incredible lucrative way to generate leads, make fantastic sales, raise money for something or someone you're passionate about, generally a charity, which is exactly what Jen shares in this interview that's coming up. So if you haven't tried or put into place a book project to help grow your photography business, then this course will be the perfect vehicle to get you there. Now, I've had a couple of questions from photographers that have already signed up for the training, asking if they're going to need any additional resources. Do they need to spend a whole lot more money after they invest in the course, which is a measly $97. Like it's inc- The value is incredible. Katie came back to answer those questions. The only thing that you might have to invest in for your book project in addition to the training itself is someone to design your book if you don't have any design skills yourself. Now, in, in my experience, I've done quite a few of these books as well, or three or four, and we did all the designs in-house. Now, in saying that, Katie's books look way more, uh, let's say, professional. Hers look, they look so much more um, like they belong in a bookshop than I, than I feel that ours did. Ours are quite basic. So if you do want your books to look like Katie's, then yes, you either will need to have some design skills or you'll need to hire someone that can help you with that part of the project. There was another question from a photographer about registering a name for a, a book project that she's got in mind. She's already super excited about the course. 
she has a, a book project in mind with a title and she was asking whether she needs to register that name already. So look, the, the answer to that, well, it really depends. If it's a name that you want to run with year after year after year, like Katie has done with one of her books, she actually trademarked the name of that book. Now, that is going far beyond what you may need to do because if it's a generic name, there's a chance you can just run with it without even registering the name. But Katie's going to be talking about that in the course. So my advice would be sit on the idea that you have, wait until the training before you invest more money in, in registering names or you know going as far as trademarking a name, which it really is going all out. In Katie's case, her project has generated hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's why she wanted to make sure that uh, no one else could, could uh, potentially move in and use that same book title in future years. If you'd like more details about the Book Projects course, which is coming up early next month, simply head to photobizx.com forward slash book projects. And if you have any questions about the training, you can hit me up on email. It's andrew at photobizx.com. Now, the training, like I mentioned, is only $97. It is super affordable. If you register for the training before it goes live, you'll also get yourself a one-on-one -on -one session with Katie after the training. And if you wait till the training has been delivered, the price will be doubling to $197. It's going to become a standalone course on the photobizx.com website. So I will be recording the live presentation. And if you are registered before it goes live, you'll have lifetime access to that training on the PhotoBizX website, along with the recording, the supporting documents, the one-on-one -on -one call with Katie. You'll be getting anything and everything that other photographers are getting if you register before the training goes live. For more details, head to photobizx.com forward slash book projects. And now, a macro look at our last episode. One last thing before we get into this interview with Jen. If you didn't catch last week's interview with Audrey Woolard, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one, particularly if you photograph teens or seniors. In Audrey's case, she specifically focuses on teens and her work is absolutely incredible. You, it's, it's, it's like fashion photography, but applied to teens. You have to see her work to understand how good it is. Her website is katcteens.com, which stands for Kids and the City. So katcteens.com. Her work is amazing. What she shared in last week's interview is incredible. And although she focuses on teens, she books a lot of family photography sessions as a result of photographing and marketing to those teens and their parents. Lots of great things shared in last week's interview with Audrey and what a talented, incredible photographer. Get back and have a listen to that one if you haven't heard it. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Okay, we're going to jump into this interview with Jen Lindbergh in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Jen. I am saving a portion of the second half where we get into the sales, how she's actually making all the money that she is. I'm saving that for premium members only. So if you love what Jen shares in the first half, you'd like to hear the full interview, you can do that with a $1 trial membership. So you can come and check out what you're missing out on every single week with every single interview guest. 
Those details are at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. As soon as you land on the homepage of today's guest's website, there's a very good chance you'll know that she's not the photographer for you. Or rather, you'll most likely feel you're not the client for her because the site screams luxury and wealth. The lead image features an amazing home, complete with grand piano and a very large family portrait of mum and dad dressed in formal attire with a young daughter in a frilly white dress. There's so much more I want to include in this intro and to let you know why I've asked this amazing photographer to record this interview. One of the things was in a recent email exchange, I learnt that her studio had a record month in last December of over 174,000 US dollars. That's in one month. And before that, I received this incredible email. I really wanted to send you my heartfelt thanks for your podcast. I can't remember who it was, but a fellow photographer told me that listening to your podcast would be the equivalent of getting an MBA in the photography business. They were so right. When I signed up for your podcast, we were in deep financial struggle. I could no longer shoot weddings, which had been our mainstay for 15 plus years. My dream of getting eight qualified clients a month still seemed so far off. Fast forward to today, my husband Jim and I have turned over 1 million US dollars in the last 12 months. We live in a small Texas town, population about 14,000, and specialize in black and white family portraits. Listening to several of your podcasts literally changed our lives for beyond the better. It still honestly feels unreal at times. So please know what you're doing is bringing so much value to people's lives every day, even the quiet ones who don't often say much. Now, I'm talking about the wonderful and talented Jennifer Lindbergh, and I'm truly wrapped to have her with us now. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. <laughs> Look, it feels like that for me too. How does it feel when you, when you think about you know, how the business has changed over the last couple of years? Honestly, I'm still adapting to the whole concept of having such a successful business and learning to manage it and to grow with it as it's grown pretty rapidly. Wow. I can't wait to get into the details, but let's go back a little bit to the 15 plus years of wedding photography. That must've been a successful business if you were doing it for 15 years. Yeah. And I really felt that I had reached the kind of pinnacle of my career and I saw myself retiring doing weddings. I mean, I really thought I would close my career doing weddings. So to have to pivot in 2017 and try to find something different, but still related to photography was really daunting. Um, I'm not young. I turned 50 this year. So that's young. Um, <laughs> it's young <laughs> in some ways, right? But having to pivot out of weddings and that having been really most of my professional life, like I'd been a photojournalist before weddings and then I was a wedding photojournalist, that was really scary. So, why did you have to stop photographing weddings? So the biggest reason was in March of 2017, I got rear-ended in a car accident and it actually impacted my vision and it impacted especially my distance vision. And a wedding is such an unrepeatable life event. It's such a complex visual field. You know, you've got the bride here, you've got her parents over here, you've got the wedding party over here, and you're constantly having to respond and process. And I just didn't have the confidence that I could deliver at the same level that I had been before the accident. We had weddings still contracted. And so I brought extra staff and extra team 
you know, I had my editors take an extra look at everything and I would have Jim try to help me. But a wedding is so fast with checking the back of the camera and making sure everything's good. It just, it completely changed how a wedding felt and how my confidence about executing it at the level I had been executing. Sure. And was that a luxury brand with wealthy clients as well? It was. So our wedding average was around 12,000 a wedding. Wow. And so we had worked really hard to get into a a high-end circle. We were on lists like the Four Seasons Hotel Recommended list. We had uh, strong relationships with planners who recommended us. And we had built a reputation that I didn't have to do anything like ads or really much marketing. People would come to us and they would get our price list. And if they were so interested, we'd have an interview. And and that was how we were able to make a living all those years. Wow. And was Jim part of the business then too? So he started assisting with me in 2006. And then in 2008, we got married and he joined the business full time. That was sort of a dream that we had. And we decided to try it for six months. And he's been with me full time in the business since 2008. Unreal. So, yeah. What a partnership. <laughs> There's so many things I want to ask you about the business now, and we're going to get into the marketing and the client acquisition and lead generation and things like that. But I'm going to make you maybe a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm curious, are you from money, you and Jim, like originally? So in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. Jim grew up on a farm in Iowa, so he was not from money, and he grew up in a really different lifestyle than I did. So he grew up his family couldn't take vacations together because someone always had to stay on the farm to take care of the livestock. And they had a really good life, but it wasn't like a wealthy life. And then for me, when my parents were married together, they were fairly wealthy. My dad was a successful attorney and we had a nanny. And then my parents divorced when I was about seven, eight. And so we had to like move to the other side of the tracks. My mom had four kids and she went back to college to become a nurse so then I was in a different neighborhood, a different social class, a different, you know, so on the weekends with my dad, we'd be kind of at the tennis club. And then, you know, with my mom, it was very much like they were working to make a living, to put food on the table. She, you know, she was my role model for like a career woman, you know, doing whatever it took, classes all night, working all day, you know, to make it work for our family. I mean, it sounds like a movie script. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm curious to know because I think, well, I know I've spoken to so many photographers that would love to be in the position you're in, serving your clients, delivering your kind of work. But I get the feeling that there's these money blocks. And interestingly, you said to me before we started recording, that talking about money makes you uncomfortable, even though you've been around money your whole life. Why is that? I think it probably depends on the family you grew up in and and the culture you grow up in. But I just was raised thinking it's really rude to talk about how much money you make. You know, that if you are good at something, people will notice it. You don't talk about it. And I think there might be another layer too of just like women and money, you know, that you just don't hear as many women sort of making a million dollars in their businesses and you know, being out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Do you feel like that's changing? I do feel like it's changing and that's so good. Yeah. What about Jim and his upbringing? Does he feel the same way about money as you do? Or if if you go and visit his family, are you happy to discuss the fact that you have a million dollar business? They don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, I think they know that we've gotten really busy. 
you know, that we have a lot of bookings, but you know, we don't discuss like sales average or, um, yeah. Right. Okay. And what about your dad? Is he surprised that you are a photographer and that you can build a successful business as a photographer? Because I imagine there was pressure for you to become an attorney or something you know, like that. Yeah, he did want me to do that. But really early on, I declared my interest in the arts. So I went that way, like from high school on. So from 13 on. Um, this is so interesting because we hadn't discussed it a lot, but he recently told me that he was really proud of me. And he doesn't know all the specifics, but I think he could tell that we had built something, that we had worked hard and built something. And so, yeah, that was, I mean, you're never too old to hear your parents say that they're proud of you, right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So what was it, do you think, that had him saying that? Like, what was the the catalyst to have him say that to you? It was so out of the blue. So I'm really not sure of the exact catalyst, but I mean, he could see that we were busy. He knew that we had a lot of bookings. He knew that the studio was keeping us busy, that that was something we had wanted. And maybe he could just sense something too. Right. The reason I guess I'm asking you this is because we're recording. I mean, I'm not recording video, but we have video on at the moment. Yeah. I've obviously spent time on your website. The listener can't see this, but you're sitting in your waiting room in your studio. And I've got to say, it looks like a million dollar gallery. It doesn't look like a photographer's studio. And I imagine if your father walks in there, anyone would be surprised and, and impressed and proud. Oh, no? Thanks. <laughs> I, 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 it's come a long way. It's come a long way. And I have to really credit um, about a year ago. It was really about a year ago that Bernie, we had this waiting room was actually our shooting room. And it faced the street and people could walk by and see in. And he was like, you have it all wrong. You've got to flip the rooms. You've got to have this gorgeous waiting room and have this shooting space in the back. And I was like, the back is too small. And he said, measure it. And we measured it. And it was like a foot smaller. Like there was no reason for me to be holding on to that idea that it was too small. And so as soon as we flipped the rooms and we, we have a talented friend who's a designer and she started picking you know, the furniture and helping us with that piece and getting the samples on the wall with Bernie's guidance, it completely changed this place. And he also predicted, he's like, your average is going to go up once you do that. And it did. And he was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has your father walked into the studio? Has he seen what I'm seeing? Not since we redid it. So I would love to have him see it now. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me about the struggle. Like when I introduced you and that email that you shared with me that, you know, there was a struggle when you made that transition. I don't understand like seeing where you are now and knowing that you already had this luxury brand as a wedding photographer. Why was there the struggle when you transitioned to portraits? Why was it so difficult to find the clients that you needed to support the business that you wanted to build? Yeah. I just didn't know how to get the clients in. So well, like I said, with weddings before, when I started the wedding business in Austin, Texas, there were maybe five or six of us doing them. If you had a nice website and a reasonable portfolio, you were going to get work. And so we got our website done for the portraits, like the first version of it in 2018. And I thought, well, people will come in and they'll start calling. And they'll... But it's not like a wedding. There's not a huge external push for people to book. And so I had no idea how to make the business model work, how to get people in. And so we started approaching past wedding clients to offer complimentary sessions. 
And I think like in 2018, we maybe got 11 people to come in. Wow. That's all 11, 11. And then in 2019, we had about 15 that we were able to get in and we were so broke that we had to take out a home equity mortgage loan on our home, which was a huge low moment for me. Right. So is that like refinancing your home? Yeah. And taking cash out of your home. Right. Okay. And it wasn't cash so we could do something great with it. It was cash so we could, I mean, it was great that we had it, but so that we could just pay the bills and keep going. Right. Okay. And so did you and Jim have to get other jobs or you were fixed on making this portrait photography business work? We were fixed on making it work. So yeah, we launched an, an evergreen funnel to try to start getting clients that way. And we had lots of no sales and lots of um, just not great fits for clients. So when you say you had lots of no sales, so it sounds like you were running promotions, bringing in leads and converting them to sessions, but you weren't making sales. So what was the misfit here? So we were giving away a free canvas and it was expensive. And there were a lot of people that were just taking the free canvas and our prices were set really high, really high. So we were having a lot of uncomfortable moments where people wanted to purchase, but there was no pathway that was very accessible for them to purchase. And that was a model I'd heard about. And I thought, oh, we're used to luxury. We can just do that over here with portraits. And when Bernie looked at our price list, he was like, most people struggle to raise their prices too high. He's like, but your prices are too high. You need to come down. (laughs) So it was kind of a, a different kind of problem. Wow. Okay. So with the clients that you have now, were they the same clients that you were getting no sales from or were they a different kind of people, a different class of client? I think they're the same. And I, I wanted to say that our website, you know, went for a luxury look for it. But what I've learned is every single person who walks in the store, I have no idea what they're going to, how much they're going to value what we do for them. You know, I've had people that show up in like ripped, holy clothes that look like they just came from the gym and they might spend $5,000 on portraits. So one thing that's been really interesting and humbling is just, I have no idea. But if, they, if they're interested in the offer and they pay the booking fee and they go through our kind of consult process on the phone, then they're going to come in and we're going to treat them like the most important client in the world and see what happens from there. And in most cases, what happens? So in most cases, they buy... I think we have about a 9% no sale rate. You know, those never feel good. And about a 22% low sale rate, you know, where they sort of take one print. So what would be a low sale for you? Are we talking $1,000? $495. Okay. $500, right. Okay. When I read the intro that I produced for you today and you heard me talking about your website, do you feel like it's having that effect that it had on me? And is that the effect you're looking for? That was definitely the effect when we created it. Now, so many people don't even look at the website. Really? Yeah. So how do they come in the door? How do they find you? So we use the Bernie style Facebook ads. So I listened to, I think it was episode 136. Yes. (laughs) And, And I started doing those ads and I'm not a technical person. And they started working right away. I think I got like 40 leads right away. And I thought... If this works for free content, what would it be like to work, you know, have a coach that actually came up with this concept? So that's why we approached Bernie after that episode and just trying out the free 
information that you're giving on the podcast. Okay. So to me, there's a real disconnect here that I've seen with so many other photographers. And I've struggled with this myself when trying to help other photographers because I didn't expect that your luxury clients would be responding to Facebook ads like that. But it sounds like you've you found the opposite. Yeah. I mean, some people find us and they contact us directly through the website, through like the contact form or call. But the lion's share of our clients are coming in on an offer for a complimentary session. Right. Okay. So let's say you're running a wanted ad and I can see you're actually, as we're recording, you're running one right now. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, it's very simple. It's the same old Bernie style ad Mm -hmm. that we've talked about ad nauseum on on the podcast. Like it continues to work. I know John Glazer isn't far from you, a couple of hours away. He's doing the same thing. Marcus Anthony, Brian Kellogg, all these other photographers. Like we know this works. Yeah. But I didn't expect that it would work for luxury clients. Your qualifying process, I imagine, must be different to lower end photographers. Am I right or not? I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, you know, our average for last year was 2,300. So I don't know if that, is that considered luxury? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So I want to say that maybe we're not serving the luxury market. So then how do you get to a million dollars or a month of 174,000? So let me just have the breakdowns. In 2021, we shot 485 portrait sessions at an average of 2,300, and that totaled (laughs) (laughs) 1,104,000. What do you think when you read those numbers out? (laughs) I'm just like, what? (laughs) There's like a lot of commas and zeros. So hang on, so 485 sessions, that's that's close to, well, it is, it's 10 a week. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So you guys are working your butts off. How many photographers are there? So now in June, we hired two photographers and we also have an assistant. But I do want to say that there's no way we could have grown the way that we did without a team. So I hired an amazing, um, I call her a portrait concierge, and she does our phone bookings and our sales on Zoom. So I don't have to do the sales anymore, which I didn't love. I didn't love doing them. And she loves doing them. And then I have an amazing head of post-production that worked with me in the weddings. We've been a team together since 2012. And so she's a, you know, massive part of the culling and making the images look the way they do. Um, We developed this sort of aesthetic together and, and she, she's had to hire other people to help her because we've gotten so busy and Jim, you know, he and I are partners. So I would rather do the sessions and then bring along the photographers, work with them and do the things I love and have the team also do the things they love. And that's how we're able to do this kind of volume, which before I would have thought there's no way I could do that. Wow. Okay. And so this volume is being supported primarily by Facebook ads. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. So tell me about the qualification process. Cause I imagine at some point you're letting people know these days that most clients are spending two and a half thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah. People definitely get pricing information before they book. It's also on the landing page. It's on the phone call. It's on email link that's sent to them. It's on text. I actually have a beautiful like printed magazine with pricing in it that's given to our clients. So there are multiple touch points for sharing pricing. And then I think also when they're in the studio, the way that it looks and the way we present the work sets the tone as well. The tone for what they might spend. Yeah. 
for what they might spend. But also that there's no obligation to spend. So do you say that? Like, do you give them an easy way out? And how early do you do that? Like, sorry, what's the name of the, did you say it was a girl, a lady making the calls? Yeah, we have an amazing lady who's actually hired other people too. So she's uh, amazing. What's her name? Audra. Audra. So does Audra, like when she's looking to qualify a client, does she, she would say something like the client spend on average two and a half thousand dollars. You're going to fall in love with your photos. I imagine it's something like that. Does she also give them a way out to say, oh, that's too expensive for us? Yeah, because to her, and and this is so right on, the qualifying process is also a disqualifying process. So we don't want someone coming in who's not going to feel comfortable with the pricing. So, you know, we want people to feel like this is a good match right from the beginning. And she's also the person who's going to be presenting their portraits to them and, and taking their orders. So she also doesn't want to bring someone in who's not going to be happy Right. So she's doing the qualification process and the sales. Yeah. Wow. So she's building a relationship right from the start, selling you and then selling the the images. Yeah. Yes. That's so good. So she wants to make life nice for herself as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. It's built into the system that, you know, she doesn't want to have someone on the back end unhappy or not informed. Yeah. Wow. So when you hired her, when you hired Audra, did she have an idea of, you know, what your photography is worth, what it's valued at, what people would pay? Yeah, we had gone over all of that, you know, and when I had less volume, I did have a lot higher end sales. The ones that we did make were, you know, 4,000, 6,000, 25,000 once. So we had had some really significant sales. And even since we changed our pricing and are doing the more volume model. We've had a really good, like an $18,000 sale Audra did with someone. And is she getting a commission as well? Yeah, she gets a commission. Right. So she's incentivized as well to make all this work, (laughs) which is lovely. Yeah, she is. But we definitely have learned, and Bernie really teaches us well in his system, that it's not selling, it's helping. You know, so I never want someone to feel high pressure sales. I mean, sometimes... People feel that way just because they have to make a decision and that's difficult for some people, but I never want someone to feel like a, I don't know, like that bad feeling from being pressured. So really, she really does. She's in a helper role. Like, how can I make this easy for you to decide? How can we make this fit in your budget? Uh, We do some payment plans. So that's something I didn't know how to do before. And that's made a big difference too. Okay. So tell me about the disqualification process. How does Audra let someone down nicely? Well, you'd have to ask her all the specifics on that. (laughs) I love that you don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people kind of gently will say, oh, you know, I need to talk to my partner, my husband, or, oh, maybe this isn't such a good time after all. Or, and I think people will sort of politely kind of, help themselves out of the booking process too. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So she, let's say she has a successful call. She schedules a session. So I'm guessing she has it, you know, the photographer's diaries up there or calendar up there. She books the session. You know, do people book in for just the children or is it always a family session? So we run different projects and sometimes like we did a one recently on curly haired children and so sometimes the families would come and do the session with the kids. So sometimes it would be just the curly haired child. So it just depends on the project. 
Okay, so let's say let's say it's a curly haired child project or promotion. Do you encourage Audra to try and get the family in because it's going to result in a bigger sale or better sale? Absolutely. Yeah. She will definitely let them know, like you could bring your family in. It is no extra charge. Jen and Jim can fit them in at the end or the team can fit them in, you know? So yeah, she definitely makes sure that they know they can bring, you know, their, the parents can come, the grandparents, the dog. <laughs> <laughs> They're all welcome. I can see a photo of a child with a dog in the background. (laughs) What have you seen when clients first walk in the door of the studio? Sometimes people will comment they really like the decor, like the design of it. And um, they'll say they love black and white. And then sometimes certain portraits that are on the wall will resonate with them. Uh Uh-huh. So do you take them through the studio to start looking at artwork or has Audra already done that? She hasn't done that. So she suggests that they look at the website. She'll send them links. She'll send them links to our most popular artwork options and pricing that's on our website. But a lot of them have seen now, they've seen the work on Facebook or they've seen the work on Instagram. So they'll say, oh, I saw this photo on Instagram and I loved it. Or, you know, they'll, they'll refer to something that they saw. So, okay, this is interesting. You said Instagram because I, <laughs> I've only got one Instagram link for you, which is Jennifer Lindbergh Studio, and there's only two posts and 13 followers. So you must have a different account. Yeah, that one should be closed. It's at Jennifer Lindbergh Photography. Right, okay, okay. So we kind of merged it all into to one. So it starts at the very bottom with weddings. Oh, okay. And then it kind of evolves up into what we're doing now. So, and the reason I asked you about families walking into your studio for the first time, I imagine that if they weren't aware, I would immediately get the sense that, okay, this is, this is something fancy. This is special. This isn't going to be cheap. We're going to get something beautiful for our home. Like do people actually, I know I would be thinking that I probably wouldn't voice that except to my wife. Do you get a sense of that when they come into the studio? I think I have a few times. I'm thinking of like one family that came in and they were like, we had no idea it was going to be like this. We had no idea that the work was going to be so moving, you know, and so sometimes I think, you know, even though Audra really tries to educate people about, you know, this being special, we're making artwork of their family and we're really careful about the language that we use around the portrait sessions and what we're doing here. Still, sometimes I think people come in expecting like, like a really fast 10 shots kind of experience. And so that's fun. It's fun to surprise them with something like more attentive and more responsive to their family. Yeah. Okay. So how long does a session generally take a family session? So when people arrive, we have an hour and a half time blocks. So when they arrive, we generally spend 10 to 15 minutes chatting in the front room and I'm getting to know each other a bit. And then they'll go back to the changing room and sometimes they change and sometimes they don't need to. In the camera room, we spend 30 to 40 minutes and then they kind of leave. Okay. So it's quite quick. Yeah. It can go longer if there are more people. Like we had a family, I think last weekend they had 19 people come in. (laughs) (laughs) It took about two hours. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. But in general, we can do most things in 30 to 40 minutes of actual photography time. Got it. And just on a side note, we haven't talked about your photographic career as such and you are an incredibly talented photographer you've done all sorts of amazing projects in addition to your weddings how did you find 
you know, moving into a studio and photographing, you know, set portraits with your photojournalistic background, was that a struggle for you? At first it really was. And I I wondered like, are people going to like this? You know, I was so used to being in environments that were beautiful, like weddings with these, you know, gorgeous floral arrangements and table settings or for engagement photos with a cityscape or, you know, going to a beautiful, you know, Texas hill country, rolling hills and oak trees. And I was really used to the environment like that being part of the portraits and part of what made them successful and appealing. And so it really took me a while to believe, to become a believer, like, no, this is this is different, but this is really beautiful and valuable too. And Jim was more on board right from the beginning. He was looking at Pinterest and he was like, ah, this is so cool. And he was so excited about it. And, and I was like, ah, you think people are gonna, they're gonna want this? They're gonna like this? <laughs> so so it's taken some time. And then, you know, also figuring out a way to evoke emotion in the studio. Like that's been an ongoing, you know, most people don't want just a stiff posed overly, you know, they want something that feels more authentic and expressive and like them. Right. So you have those photojournalistic moments in the studio that you're looking for. For sure. Nice. Do you feel like a photographer today or a businesswoman? So I feel like, like both, you know, I don't think it has to be either or. I think that, um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Thankfully, I found yours. <laughs> and um, I follow this life coach named Simone Soul, And she talks about like the spirit of your business, that it's its own thing. And I spirit is a little bit of a, like a woo word for me, but I do feel like my business is like, it has a heart, you know, and it's, it's so many things. It's business. It's relational. It's the team. It's the people who are willing to take the time to walk through the door. You know, it's this organic, beautiful thing that's happening. And so I feel like I can't say I'm a business person or an artist, but I definitely feel like I'm both. I like both. Nice. I love that. And is that how you've always been or has that changed as you become a portrait photographer? I've had to learn a lot more about business since we, you know, really committed to the studio it wasn't easy, but there wasn't effortlessness to being to the weddings, the way that my career launched and the way that it grew. It didn't take a lot of extra education to learn the business. Maybe I could have done better if I had been more thoughtful about it, but this requires a lot more scaling and managing and volume and systems and CRMs and just things I didn't really, you know, when you're only working for 15 or 20 clients a year, you're not worried so much about workflows and automations and CRMs, but now we couldn't do this without those things. Not 10 families a week. That's a totally different beast. Yeah. Do you ever lose sleep at night thinking, what if my Facebook account gets shut down or Facebook disappears? I think because I almost really lost everything in around 2017, because I've had things just go from like here to here so fast. And then had to figure out this way to build it up. No. I mean, I think that, you know, with Bernie and the group that I'm in with his group of photographers, he's coaching, we're always looking for other ways to bring in clients. And so I think it's important, you know, not to be overly passive about it. But I also think that if something's working really beautifully, you just keep going. 
Absolutely. So are you doing other things in addition to ads to generate leads? Yeah. So we're always working on third-party affiliate marketing. And we've done some auctions in the past where we donate to galas. You know, that kind of died down during COVID. And then with Bernie, he's helped us with some really beautiful charitable book projects. So we got to do one where we photographed 100 athletes and we raised money for kids with disabilities to play sports. We raised $5,000. We were able to give that to the charity. And now we're raising this year $10,000 for breast cancer patients in Texas for services for them. This is the current promotion. Yeah, this is a current promotion. It's a book project. So at the end, there'll be a, a book. Yeah, which I've done a couple of these myself. But So these book projects that you're doing, they also generate sales, don't they? Yeah, they do. Here's what I found about portraits, that people often want them, but they need a reason to come in. There needs to be some motivating prompt for them to make the appointment and come in. It's not like a wedding where you set a date. So it could be supporting a charity that makes them decide, hey, I'm going to finally get the kids together and do this. Or it could be, hey, this book project sounds really neat and I'd like to be a part of it. Or, hey, this photographer is wanting to, you know, what needs photos of us with our dogs for her portfolio. But if they have a reason, something like that, to kind of prompt them to come in, all they need is that little reason that connects. With the curly-haired kids, so many parents told us, my child's been bullied for having curly hair. And I think this would build their confidence. Wow. Yeah. Like I didn't realize there, it's kind of a marginalized group of people that... That's, I would never have guessed that ever. <laughs> yeah. But it meant something to them. Like they're going to be the focus and this is for them and this is celebrating them. Yeah. I feel bad for moving away from the curly haired kids and going back to the sports, the athletes. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the athletes that you photographed for the book project. So who's buying those portraits? Is it the athletes or the athletes' parents? The athletes' parents. Right. So they respond to the ad or whatever you're doing for that promotion. The parents bring the child in. You photograph. Do they get photographed too, or is it only the athlete? So it was a mixture. So sometimes the families would get photographed too, but a lot of times it was just the athletes or sibling athletes. So you know, if you've got a family of, you know, like we had a a brother sister. One was one was a ten year old triathlete. You know, she brought her bicycle and held it over her head, and she brought her swim gear and her running and. And her brother is a uh, like American football player, you know, so we would have him like throw the football and do football positions. And it was all about the two of them together and individually. Right. And then so at what point does the family suspect or know or learn that they might be spending, you know, two or $3,000 on portraits? Before they book. Right. So Audra takes them through the same process as the Facebook ad promotions. Yes. And the landing page too is really clear, like what's included you know, what can we expect afterwards? You know, can we purchase the photos? Yes, you can. Here's the starting prices. Here's what people typically spend. You know, here's a link to the pricing on our website. And, and so you just try to be as transparent as possible with people so they have enough information to make a good decision. And some people know like, hey, I just want to be in the book or hey, I just want one. And that's, that's great too. <laughs> and do they still get in? Like if someone tells Audra, hey, I just want to be in the book, they can still book a session. Absolutely. Why? Well, we were raising money for the charity. So they were still willing to make the donation and they were still willing to pay the refundable fee to book the time slot. And I also just, I've had a few, this isn't the reason, but I've had a few clients that have told Audra, I'm only going to want the one print. And then they see the images and they're like, oh, Maybe I want to get a piece for the wall. 
or maybe maybe I want something else. Sure, absolutely. So that could always happen. What's the booking fee, the refundable booking fee? How much is that? So right now it's two hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. And they can put that towards print credits or whatever they like. Whatever they like. Yeah. And if they choose not to purchase, it goes right back to them. Okay. Easy. Yeah. And is that just a, a credit card number? It is. They give a credit card number and it's actually taken off the card. So it is a payment that's made. Okay. So you get the really lovely, I mean, I guess everyone has the lovely part. I mean, Audra gets to show the photos, but you get to do the session. Once you're saying goodbye, have they already spoken to Audra about their sales session or their viewing session, whatever you call it? Yeah. Their ordering session has already been scheduled and they're getting reminders for it. It's about a week after the portrait session. And they also will get like an automated email and some literature. So we kind of have a system set up for that. Right. So you finish the session, the the files go to someone else in your team to do the culling and the editing. And I'm guessing by the sound and look of your studio that everything is fully processed before the client sees anything. It is. So um, (laughs) the culling process is actually like a team effort. So I still have my hand in it with our editor. And then I'm doing the very final selection before or she does the final touch-ups. But yes, that was one thing that I just wasn't willing to change in the business model. I wanted to be really proud of what we were presenting and have it be on brand. And so I know that's not a good fit for some people. And I understand that it's not maybe the smartest business decision in terms of profit, but I also do think that it could lend itself to higher sales. And it definitely gives people like the wow experience of seeing, you know, seeing their portraits of what they're going to look like their finished portraits. Absolutely. Yeah. So everything's processed. Audra has already scheduled the ordering session. Yeah. That happens via Zoom, I think you said earlier. It does. Right. And what software are you using for that ProSelect or Audra is? ProSelect. Right. So, And are you doing room views of the client's homes? We don't do that anymore. That was definitely something that we had tried and tested and uh, not enough people would participate and send in their room views. And then it took a lot of time to chase them. And then what are you going to do? Penalize them? Like, I'm not going to do your meeting if you don't have your, you know, so it just gets kind of created an awkward dynamic. So now we don't do room views, but we do pro select and they see a slideshow of their favorite, of our favorite sets of music. And then she has a system for taking them through to identify their favorites. And they're talking about what they might want to purchase and order. Right. And does Audra pre-design some collections that she feels look good or you feel would look good together? No. Nothing. So that's all just done on the fly with the clients. She's dragging and dropping there in front of them. Yeah. And does mum and dad or both parents have to be there for that ordering session or will she take mum? We highly recommend it. We highly recommend it. <laughs> we all do. We yes. all do. <laughs> and actually when they're leaving the studio, I make sure they're both together when I say, hey, you know, your ordering session's coming up next week with Audra. I can't wait for you to see them. And, you know, please be sure to read the magazine that I've given you. It's going to help you be fully prepared. And, you know, there's pricing and there's so, if there's anything that one of the people has, one of them's missed during the whole process, then that way, at least they're hearing it together once. And I'll say, you know, please remember that's your one time to order. If you would like to, that's your special time. Right. So you're not really saying or insisting that you're both there, but you're just hinting at the fact they should be there together. Yeah. And they, I mean, they do get an email that sort of points out that usually both partners want to have a say, whether it's aesthetic or financial in a decision like this. And so we really recommend rescheduling if one of the partners can't make it. But sometimes people are, people know, and 
usually it's women. They're like, I don't need my husband there to make this decision. And, and then sometimes they're right. And sometimes they're not. So, yes. <laughs> but I think that's just part yeah. of this business, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Let me ask you what I think might be a tough question. Okay. <laughs> Seeing that you're the artist. Okay. <laughs> what is it that you feel? And there might be more than one thing that makes Audra's job easy to sell the photos that you create. What's one thing that makes it easy? Yeah. Why do you think it's so easy for her to get the sales that she's generating? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Sure. You've totally, totally blown me away and my idea of your business before we started talking because I was expecting you to say, oh, yes, I'm a member of the country club and the tennis club (laughs) and uh, that's where my clients are coming from. But it's not that at all. I mean, they look like the people on your website, but your real clients are mums and dads with kids. Yeah, and they just love family portraits. That's so good. Yeah. So come to Texas. Come to the barbecue conference, March 29th and 30th. What is it? The barbecue conference? Yeah, it's Bernie's barbecue conference and we're hosting it in Lockhart. So I'm helping to organize it and Glazer's going to be there and Marcus Anthony and I think Brian's coming and you know a lot of other people in the group, including a guy from Ireland. So oh, wow. people are coming all over to Texas to this little town and we're going to have two days of just kind of talking, giving talks and demos and you know sharing with each other. I'll add links to this in the show notes, but when is it? It's March uh, 29th and 30th. We're calling it Bernie's Barbecue Conference because Lockhart's famous for barbecue. I think 250,000 people come here each year just to eat barbecue. So even though the town is really small, only 14,000, 250,000 come here to eat. For barbecue. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a great place for Aussies to come. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because we love barbecues. Come on. Yeah. And did you just refer to John Glazer as Glazer? Just Glazer? Yeah. I love that. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so good. I don't know why I just call him Glazer. That's so good. <laughs> Jen, I'm going to add links to anywhere and everywhere people can find you online. And again, like just massive thanks for sending that original email, for saying yes to this, for, um, I know, putting aside some of your fears about talking about money. You are absolutely amazing. And I know that listeners will get so much from what you had to share. So thank you. Thank you very much. And I really want to say thank you to you too, because I meant what I said in that email and the person who told me, I can't remember, but who said this was like getting a, an MBA in the business of photography was so true. And when you're interviewing a guest and I think like, oh, I want to know this, you ask that question. It's like, you're reading my mind. So you've created something that brings so much value to people's lives. And that also helped me get over my fear of being here because you've already given me so much. So Thank you. Thanks, Jen. You have to come back in the group and let us know what your dad says when he hears this. Okay. (laughs) And your husband's family. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jen. You've been amazing. Thanks so much, Andrew. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jen as much as I did. Jen, if you are listening, I said it earlier, but again, massive congrats on your success. What an incredible turnaround. What an incredible business you guys have built. You're an absolute inspiration. Your photography is incredible. I love what you're doing. And again, massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you have. And, uh, and again, too, on behalf of me and the listener, we are wishing you every success with the expansion of the business and can't wait to hear how that goes. And uh, I'm looking forward to a follow-up interview in 2023 if we can do that. 
for you, the listener, surely you are blown away by what Jen had to share. I hope you had a ton of takeaways, things that you can implement into your own business as a result of what she shared. If you have a follow-up question for Jen, if you want to reach out to her, if you want to just say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did, I've got links to anywhere and everywhere that you can find her in the show notes for today's episode. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 457. In addition to those links, I've got examples of her beautiful work. There's also a comment section at the bottom of the show notes if you'd like to utilize those. And of course, if you are a premium member, you already have direct access to Jen inside the members Facebook group. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Don't forget about the upcoming Profitable Book Projects course. More details about that. And you've you've already heard how successful they can be from what Jen had to share. More details about that upcoming training are at photobizx.com forward slash book projects. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. There are a ton of photographers already registered. I really do think this marketing and sales method will be a game changer if you haven't utilized it in your business in the past or maybe you've thought about doing a book project or potentially even bought another course on book projects and it was too complicated too involved too convoluted too many steps i can assure you what katie is going to be sharing in the training will be easy to follow and you will be able to implement everything she shares into your business if you want to give book projects a go And for the incredible cost of $97, it really is a no-brainer. So I'm looking forward to seeing you there on the live call if you can make it. Either way, I hope you have a fantastic week ahead. I hope life is good. I hope you are staying safe, healthy, and well. And I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Until then, bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 